Welcome back to another episode of the Whatever Podcast and kind of an offshoot of Flash Friday based on a recent event that unfolded, but also um, more more general discussion about uh, these tragedies uh, because we, f- we feel it warrants a deeper discussion about uh, kind of the frequency that we've seen uh, happening in our nation uh, that we really wanted to kind of carry on a little bit that is about gun violence in our schools. So a recent episode we did on the on Flash Friday was about the tragedy that happened in a Michigan high school, Oxford High in Michigan, and it being the 28th school shooting of 2021 and i this is chris by the way i've got uh, my co-host preston with Hello. me as well hey preston um and i want to kind of kick it over to you because uh as we talked it and and like you had mentioned there's so much more to unpack just in general about these tragedies that are happen happening with and in a, what should be a very safe place, uh, that being the schools of young individuals. So I'll let you kind of take it away um, and kind of start this conversation or, or let's carry it wherever it ends up. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where I want it. Like, to be honest, I don't know where I wanted this conversation to go. I just wanted to talk about it more just because it's been uh, it's been weighing on my mind a lot, especially since the uh, Michigan Oxford School shooting. Um, you know, uh, ever since having uh, Flora, um, it's been kind of hard thing to think about with uh, her future and sending her to school. And um, as a story Cheyenne was telling me, um, there's this business guy who. Uh, um, stays at her hotel frequently mm-hmm. and he was uh, actually from that area and his kids went to that school really and while it was unfolding he got a call and immediately left and went home and it's just like one day like you just don't want to be the person that gets that call you know yeah it would be it, it it's hard to imagine getting a call like that and it's hard to imagine even being a parent of a student in a school that has one of these tragic events unfold because how can you send them back (laughs) you know yeah it's just uh yeah it's it's hard to imagine that because what we feel because i've got two kids in school and um both both are are fairly young preteen 10 and 12 but you just i mean you think of school being a very safe place and then you hear and read about events like this and it just makes you kind of stop in your tracks and think what if this would happen i mean how how would our community handle it how would we as parents handle it and i know uh, I want to read some things from a website and it 
it was created out of the parents of one of the most tragic events, um, senseless acts of violence, to very young students uh, at Sandy Hook. And they actually have a website that lists facts, um, kind of talks about who they are, their programs, and things that are available for um schools and and individuals or parents just in general and it's sandyhookpromise.org and yeah they've got a a whole list of of facts and i i just want to read some because it it's really it kind of really makes you think um let alone these happening but just how frequently they do so The first fact is that each day, eight children die from gun violence in America. Another 32 are shot and injured. That is mind-boggling. Each day, eight children die from gun violence in America. That's not necessarily schools, but those are children, young individuals dying from gun violence in, in America. That's just in America. Number two, guns are the leading cause of death among American children and teens. One out of ten gun deaths are age 19 or younger. Firearms, firearm deaths occur at a rate of more than three times higher than drownings. And here's where school, the school stats come in. The U.S. has had 1,316 school shootings since 1970, and these numbers are increasing. 18% of school shootings have taken place since the tragedy at Sandy Hook Elementary School in December of 2012. And there's there's 12 other uh, facts that we may get into um, as we kind of go along, but just let those few sink in right now. Over 1,300 school shootings since 1970. Yeah. It's insane. (laughs) So I don't know. I mean, It's... it's amazing to me that we we hear about and we see these happening at higher frequencies, but it doesn't seem that much happens. No, not at all. Um, you know, it's okay, a few things off of that. It's just like things like this just makes you think. Like, how does it not change like the mind of a lot of like I don't know. It's like it's like some people don't even want to have like the conversation around guns or like under like obviously it's not all guns and it's not all mental health issues. It's like a combination of all these things happening and what can we do to minimize the risk of these two things coming together create a storm that is obviously rampant in our society. Yeah. And it's like one, like there's one thing that like I've been doing a lot of, I've been into a lot of research about other countries and 
other things after like the aftermath of this. And one thing that I read that was pretty interesting is um, in Japan uh, to be able to have a gun, you have to go through home check. And this is like, there's other things, but like, this is kind of the most like one that I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Like getting a home check to make sure the person purchasing the firearm has a safe place to put it in a locked area of the home. Um, obviously, we don't do uh, that kind of like that in depth of research into um, the purchasing the people of purchasing firearms. No, I mean you look at you look at legislation that has been talked about and tried to be put into law. Um, we live in a, a state that has pretty lenient um, requirements for carrying a firearm. Um, there's licensure currently that you have to have to be able to carry uh, a firearm, a handgun, let's say. But there's been yeah. recent legislation that has been talked about and discussed uh, to try to get uh, it even l- easier to be able to carry to where you don't even need a license to carry a firearm to where it's a constitutional carry is what they call it so that none of that would happen you just get a firearm we don't and you carry it and it's like we how, don't live on the farm anymore well like. it's like how do we how do we see events like these and see tragedies like this and these, we're just talking schools now but just gun violence in general and it's like how do we how how are we having the conversation of it getting lighter and easier to be able to get your hands on a firearm as opposed to a little bit more difficult to try to weed out and stop some of the things because there's a lot that do get stopped through the process of making sure people have a license and are able uh, to get a license to be able to carry it Uh, because there are those that try to that get stopped through these processes we have it doesn't stop everything no Uh, but it stops a lot and if they're not in place there's nothing to stop some of those uh, individuals from getting their hands on it a lot more easily and it's like I just don't understand how we do have a conversation but the conversation is well we should lighten uh, the, the process or make it easier for individuals to be able to get their hands on a gun. Here's something else that I found interesting too um, that has come up with uh, we've talked about it a little bit but like the right to bear arms the way that I've heard it kind of being talked about with uh, some of the tragedies that have unfolded uh, from people carrying a firearm and using it um, to kill another individual out of the claim of protecting themselves. Well, the way I've kind of, I've heard it both sides. Um, Yes, that you have the right to defend yourself. But 
the way that some read into the law is you have the right to defend yourself on your property. But what's muddied it a little bit is the right to carry firearms to defend yourself out in any public place, basically. So it, it, we, we have new laws and laws that are created that kind of are created and built upon previous laws that were there to protect or um, were of a different time frame to where those mm-hmm. have a, a different impact than what they did back when they were written into law. So like instead of just protecting my property and protecting uh, myself on my property uh, with firearms, now I can just carry those down the street and claim uh, a right to uh, defend myself if somebody is attacking me on the street. And it, I, I don't know. I just think things can become very complicated so, if you pile laws upon laws and you make things easier um, as opposed to maybe more strict in certain areas to be able to stop individuals that are set out to create violence to be able to get their hands on these weapons. I don't know. Yeah. My biggest issue isn't with like specifically with that. I think if you can prove like with extensive uh, training background check and a screening from a psychiatrist, I don't know what that is. I think being able to, being able to carry it while out and about like my mind isn't really set on that because obviously there are a lot of situations let's say you're a woman maybe you like maybe we set it to where it's i don't know a low round like make low round um weapons for cases like that where people are allowed to carry i i don't know but my biggest issue is like, like, how do you like stopping kids from getting their hands on these and stopping parents from buying these weapons and their kids being able to get their hands on it? Because obviously with the parents from this most recent shooting, the Oxford school shooting in Michigan, mm-hmm. his parents bought it for him obviously told him it was for him and not like, so a little bit of a, uh, my own, uh, my own life to put into this. My, my dad is a very avid gun, uh, person, you know? Mm-hmm. And one thing that he's always taught me is to respect the weapon and never like, you know, he taught me all of the basic things and, always kept them locked away behind two different forms of keys and never allowed me to get them, look at them on my own or anything like that. But not all parents are like that, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's like, how do you prevent 
things like this getting into the wrong hands of an adolescent teen that isn't in their right mind or dumb parents buying weapons just because they can and then the kids being able to get their hands on it. I I think, I don't know. I feel like it's very, like a, like something that I would really like to see implemented is just home checks, honestly. But like, I don't know. There's always such a open way for something to go wrong. And it's just sad. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're right though. It, it's like nobody wants to have that conversation of how can we do better. Yeah, cuz it's like yeah, yeah, you may think you're very responsible with your weapons and something but there are people that just don't take care of it and treat it as such a serious issue. Like we can't ignore that there are a lot of outliers and whenever it comes to children, basically that's what a lot of these school shootings are. They are in a very distressed situation, whether it be from home or from school Mm -hmm. and they're not getting help. Obviously, there's a mental health aspect to it, but it's also like it wouldn't be able to be happen with the power that they are able to get their hands on. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think on the mental health side, um, there's definitely a need for additional counseling resources for children. I don't don't know. Yeah, I think definitely... additional resources I think are needed. I mean, you look at the challenge of funding situations with school budgets and things of that nature. And it, it's, you can definitely see the need for uh, additional funding resources to be able to meet some of the, the mental health needs of the students that are in the school. I know it's schools are challenged. Um, I don't think putting yeah. a gun in the hand of a teacher is the right answer. Uh, but I think, no. <laughs> I think um, trying to intervene and when there's known struggles or, or issues with the mental health of the students, uh, especially when some red flags are seen or, or um, things are, are kind of, could be questionable. Uh, I think there just needs to be additional resources to step in before it gets to the point of where a lot of these go. But a lot of times it it's at home where a lot of the challenges, like you say, and it's, mm-hmm. it, it's the mental health instability that is experienced there probably more so, um, but also the understanding and the support that the parents give to the student. So I don't know. It's a, a a storm of a lot of different things that end up coming to the tragic situations that we see and, and hear about on the news. Because it, if, if you look at one study 
shows that 93% of school shooters have planned the attack in advance. And most of the time, the family or somebody knows or has signs or is is kind of questioning. And, and there's got to be some sort of intervening into that. And... I mean, that's, that goes for, I, cause I think if the resources are there at the school, I think those, a lot of times those conversations and discussions that can be brought out of that individual to psychologists and, and therapists in the school can really get a lot of, of, stuff out of the individual that that student keeps in and and comes out in very tragic ways through the these acts of violence i i don't know i think it could help tremendously but again we don't see the investments into the schools or into those areas probably like they need to be yeah no i think uh i think yeah it's Unfortunately, people see this as uh, not how it should be seen. They see it as a political thing, and I think that prevents a lot of uh, a lot of change being done. Um, you know, it's, it's you'll have people who are like on this side, very hardcore this side, or very hardcore this side. When it should just be, what can we do to help prevent young children dying in schools? Yeah. Like, let's stop looking at it like this or this and try to figure out a way that best encompasses change and allowing schools to be a safe harbor again versus being a place where you don't know. You know, it's it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead. Talking about homes and firearms again, it it shows 4.6 million American children live in a home where at least one gun is kept loaded and unlocked. Hmm. It's wild. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's like all you ever, all you ever want to like, all you ever hear people about is like, well, it's just like. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I guess I've said my piece on it, but yeah, it, not every person in every home is a responsible gun owner. And it's like, what do you do about that? And how do you get the help to these kids that are silent and are too afraid to ask for help, but are getting in their own heads and, it's just perpetuating itself to the point where it's they feel like the only option to let out their anger and want to like obviously there's outliers of kids who are just you know it's just problems but um i don't think any kid would get to that point without the neglect and not being heard or seen or not being taken care of so yeah yeah i guess that's the first stop but 
don't know. It says in almost every documented case of active shooters, warning signs were given and shown. And then um, it also says that the majority of individuals with diagnosed mental illness do not engage in violence against others. So when that mental illness is known and talked about and shared with a the right individual, be it a psychologist, therapist. Um, I I think a lot of that can be intervened before it goes down that that terrible path. When it's not, and um, like you say, the the individuals all inside their head, and um, it just spirals out of control. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's. Uh, a conversation that we all should have think about and not be afraid to discuss because it is a tragic situation that we find ourselves in every single year. Um, and I, I don't have the stats on what each year looks like. Uh, I know that's out there, uh, probably with a easy Google search, but seems to be ever increasing and we hear about it more and more frequently. So, um, I think, we as a society need to really think about and talk about and if need be take action on in certain areas and not be afraid to do so to prevent the next school shooting um, and save lives of young individuals that are are terribly being taken away at such a young age don't wish you had this conversation before you become a statistic. Yeah. And think about if you do have guns in, in your home, make sure you have that discussion with your kids and know where they're at. Know Here's that another fact, 39% of parents wrongly believe that children don't know where their gun is stored. Yep. Yep. So make sure that, you've talked with your kids about those and like uh, Preston talked about the responsibility of it. It's not just having a firearm. It's being a responsible owner of one. Um, so yeah, very tragic. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've gotten out what all I've uh, wanted to, say and has been on my mind so uh, okay i think i'll leave it to you chris anything else you'd like to say um we've said a lot i think if if you're listening to us uh definitely check out sandyhookpromise.org there's a lot of good information there to uh research on and uh, get get caught up on um and really be open minded to this conversation and if you have comments, feedback, anything you would like to share with us, uh, please do so. And like we had, had mentioned, think of just none of us want to get that call. Um, if you're on, if you're listening and you have kids or if you know kids, uh, none of us want to have the call that some of the parents recently had and 
tragically have had on many, many occasions. So think about the impact that this is having on us as a society, on our young, uh, our young students across our nation, and really be open to this conversation and think about what are ways we can help to intervene or prevent these tragic events that continue to unfold. So that's really what we wanted to do. Put it on the table and get you, our listeners, to think about it and, like I say, give us some thoughts and feedback too. Yeah, and carry it forward. Uh, But do the research and really look at the facts that are in front of us because they're right there. And like like we said, it something needs to be done. What that is, it's up to us to decide on what, what the right thing is. But definitely one is one too many. And we've seen too many die in our, sa- in our schools that are supposed to be safe at a very young age. So... I think this is it for this episode of the whatever podcast and flash friday we will catch you on a future episode take care thanks for listening <laughs>